It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Reed Wilkins Wilkins on on Oilers Oilers Radio. Radio. 6.30 chance. 30 seconds to play. Russell right circle. Loading up. Back to dry zone. Fires one. Rebounds. Connor McDavid has tied the game with 27 seconds to play. It's 3-0. McDavid 2 tonight. His 17th. And it's the equalizer. Comfort, right-hand side, Landeskog. He's at the end of his shift. Centers for Tyson Berry. Comfort, weak shot. And that was blocked away by Nurse. Taken away, though, by Colorado. Waiting, looking, shooting. Wrist shot, score. Comfort buries it after Berry's initial attempt was blocked. And Colorado prevails 4-3 in OT. But the Oilers do salvage a point with two third-period goals. That's the drama tonight. Connor McDavid tying it late in the third period for the Edmonton Oilers, but JT Comfer getting the game winner 228 into overtime for the Avalanche. 4-3 is the final tonight at Rogers Place. The Oilers fighting from behind for most of the game and able to get third period goals from Kajula and McDavid to pull even, but they couldn't get the decisive one. They fall the 22-24 and 4 on the season. Thanks for tuning in. It's 10 o'clock. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. A little bit like the game a week ago against Calgary where uh, kind of a quieter game and then the action almost really picked up once the Oilers fell behind 2-0. Uh, Rob, I, I, if this team could stop falling behind 2-0, they might be dangerous. I mean, uh-huh. three games in a row here on home ice and then you look at the other games where they've been shut out 5 nothing, 5 nothing, 4 nothing. that uh, weekend against uh, you know, the Chicago game a couple weeks ago, falling behind, falling behind, you know, at Dallas, numerous games you can think of where they didn't just allow the first goal, they allowed the first two or more. Uh, 31 times in 50 games the Oilers have allowed the first goal. Absolute formula for, for disaster and, and hence the record that they have. Uh, but they give them credit for fighting back in the third period because it looked really bleak after allowing that shorthanded goal late in the second. Well, the, the thing that happens when you fall behind 2 nothing, you're one bad break from the game being over. And we've seen that in the 5 nothing losses. They fall behind 2 nothing. They don't capitalize on their chance. The opposition goes up three and the game is over. Tonight, again, Colorado have a couple good chances to, to extend the lead. If they extend the lead to three, this game is done. McDavid scores a really pretty goal, a nice eye-hand coordination type of goal, gets them close. Then they go up, they fall behind 3-1 again. Again, if that next goal goes in, the game is over. But uh, they get big saves, and that's what we saw a lot last year with Talbot especially. The, the Oilers would struggle at times, they'd fall behind, and then Talbot would keep them in. 
keep them in, keep them in. They get their one break and they capitalize. It's not a formula for success, as we've seen that this year and where they are in their standings. And just puts too much pressure on you. You, can't, you cannot make a mistake the rest of the game. And tonight the mistake happened in overtime. But when you're falling behind that often, eventually the other team's going to get that break. And tonight Colorado did in overtime. Special teams once again costing the Oilers big time. They're 0 for 3 on their own power play, plus allowed the shorthanded goal. Colorado only had one man advantage. They scored on it, so another special team's defeat in terms of that mini battle for the Edmonton Oilers. They did have a power play in the first bit. Rob, I, I this might be time-consuming, but I, I should go back and look at every game summary and see what the Oilers' power play... I mean, they have a bad power play percentage yes. overall. It was 14.5 coming into tonight, so it'll be probably 14.2 or something like that. Now, uh, I, I'd love to know what their power play percentage is with the game tied 0-0. I, I, I mean, it was a relatively quiet first period, but but they got a power play. Chance to go up one nothing. Maybe they get the first goal, but again, they just... they. Not only do they not get life mm-hmm. out of the special teams, they often get a little bit of death out of it. Well, the Colorado played better once they killed off that penalty. Mm-hmm. The Oilers had absolutely no momentum on it. They didn't get any scoring chances. Colorado feels good about themselves. They're looking, oh, there's Dreisaitl, there's McDavid. Oh, if we can keep them off the scoreboard here, we have a chance. And, and they do. And they do it making it look easy. And then again tonight, I mean, the Oilers are very fortunate. They got a big, a good bounce off the end board. And McDavid puts it into an empty net because they had, again, a power play with four minutes to go in the game, a game they need a goal, and really didn't get a good look on that power play as well. So their power play, uh, it, I know that it was Daryl Sutter used to say, it's not how many you score, it's when you score them. And last year, the Oilers, when their power play needed to score a goal, they did. I don't know how many times you and I were doing the games where the Oilers would score a goal in the last six minutes of a game they were down to tie it and then win the game. This year, it's been the opposite. Every time they've needed their power play to come through for them, they've got nada. And, I, I mean, when, the, when this season is over, if the Oilers do not make the playoffs... You're going to look back at a few things, and the number one thing you're going to look back at is especially teams this year have been atrocious. Worst power play? Or pardon me, worst penalty kill, second worst power play. I mean, there's no, there's no way you should even be close to a playoff spot. Well, that's that the thing. That's the thing. As distant as they are from a playoff spot, and it's 12 points, you would, you would almost expect worse given where their special teams are. Uh, power play in the, in the 14 games since Christmas, two for 33. So about 6%. 0 for 17 in the last eight. I mean, 0 for 17. I mean, 5 on 5, they're they're not bad. They're about even. Yeah. They're about even. So... But it, what is it? Uh, Bob said today was it twenty-one to two? They've been outscored on specialty teams over the last little. Yeah, while? it's amazing they've. Won, that's they minus have, nineteen. They have any wins yes. in there at all? It's just shocking. Just crazy. Some of the stuff that's happened there. Uh, the Oilers do get three tonight. They lose four-three in overtime to the Avalanche. It's a seventy-five-dollar donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation from Booster Juice and Oasis of Freshness in a fast-paced world. They give twenty-five dollars for every Oilers goal throughout the season. All right, we'll have post-game reaction. Right away, 780-496-0063 is our open line. We'll start it off with Matt tonight. Hey, Matt. Hey, guys. Uh, I just wanted to say um, uh, I really like um, Mike Camilleri on uh, on McDavid's line. I felt like it was more of a, a little bit old school, mixed with like a little bit of new style. And other than that, uh, yeah, I just want to see how your guys' uh, views are on that. Yeah, glad you brought that up. Uh, I mean, Camilleri, the, the thing that he is, is he's an offensive weapon, has been his whole career. He doesn't have the step that he had before, 
but he has the smarts. He knows how to put himself in the right position. Uh, he, he does have a good one-timer. Probably probably the best one-timer on the team, if I'm thinking about the players on the team. Um, it, it's just a matter of if he can keep up. I mean, when you're playing with Connor McDavid, nobody can keep up. Uh, but when you're a step behind you at the end of your career, it's a little harder. In-zone offense, when you're from the blue line down, uh, he knows where to go. He knows where to put the puck. He made some really nice plays. Uh, the play of the game, to me, was the, the, the little dangle he did late in the, the, the third period where he dangled the D-man came and then threw it that across That was right him. at the end of that right, power play. Yeah, I mean, yep. it was unbelievable play. And it was almost that he was going so slow that he fooled the defenseman and, and came through the middle. So he, he has an offensive brain. And if you're going to play with good hockey players, if you're going to play with highly skilled players, you've got to be able to think like them. And Mike Camilleri, his whole career has thought like those type of players because that's been his forte. I know people wanted him to shoot there too. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, well, I, off, I agree. But, yeah. he, he probably should have. But, I mean, then again, what we see in the stands, what we see in the press box is completely yeah. different than what he sees when he's on the ice. If, he, if he's looking up and he sees this huge goalie and he's got nothing to shoot at, then he's going to pass the puck. So it it is, and I know from playing, it is much easier to play from up here than it is to play on the ice. Oilers lose 4-3 in overtime to the Avalanche. Scoreless first period. Colorado outscoring the Oilers 3-1 in the second period. Oilers rallied to tie it. And then in overtime, JT Comfort gets the decisive goal. Barry and Landeskog with the helpers. Connor McDavid is the first star of the game. He had two goals. Nikita Zadorov, really good game for the Avalanche. He's the second star. Bernier, the winning goaltender, is the third star. Our fourth star of the game is presented by Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. Well, the one thing that the Oilers need is they need um, scoring, secondary scoring from players outside of the first line. They got it today from Kajula. I thought Kajula had a very good hockey game today. I thought it was one of his better ones. He possibly had two goals today. The one was disallowed because he pushed the, the, the glove in the net. But I thought he was excellent today. And I think this is the way. If he plays like this, the Oilers can do good things, but he needs to do it on a consistent basis. Here's what here's what happened on uh, Kajula's disallowed goal that... <laughs> <laughs> and look, I, I, I want to look. I, Rob and I, as you know, maybe I'm a little harder sometimes. We're happy to criticize the officials if we feel there was a mistake. I actually think in that. Well, I know in that situation, they followed. They followed it to a T. I'll just go yeah. over it here because I know if you. Ju- well, everybody's always mad on social media, but there was anger about it. So Kajula was in front. He got, he was held, so there was going to be a penalty, but he was poking at the puck, and. In the process of doing that, Bernier covers it, and his glove goes back into the net. The ref says no goal. The Oilers start saying, hey, we think the puck went into the, yep. into the net under the glove before, before there was a stoppage. Uh, so the, Now, there's no official challenge there, but the refs got together and thought something might have happened. And they said, okay. Smart move by the refs. When the refs initiate, we want to find out if it crossed the line. They looked at it, and all they can review is the one question they have. Was was the puck over the line while there was still a live play? And they ruled yes. There was no whistle. So the referee comes out and announces a goal. Then Colorado challenged for goalie interference. And uh, as the rule book states, uh, in the event that a goalkeeper has been pushed into the net together with the puck by an attacking player after making a stop, the goal will be disallowed. That's exactly that situation. You yep. can't push the goalie or the part of his equipment with the puck into the net. It's goalie interference. It's no goal. You wish that they just could have done it all in, in one review and said, oh, geez, that's obviously not a goal, but that's why it happened the way it happened. It, it was the right call. 
you wish that there was a rule in place where the referee can look at it, it would save time? If the referee looked at it and said, okay, it, you know, it went in, but he was goalie interfered, so I, we can't, we're going to disallow it right away. But you knew the referee, the one ref, as he was saying, good goal, the other ref had almost in a sprint had gone over to Colorado's or bench. Or the Avalanche bench had already told them. Yeah, just, well, yeah, yeah. but uh, he, knew that, he knew that after seeing, he knew that they were going to challenge it, and they did, and it was the right call. The problem is with that is just the rule that it, it just – delays the game well, a lot, and a lot of times what we've criticized with video re- review is not the how the refs handled it or interpreted it's the rule itself yes, like absolutely. offside mm-hmm. and and even some of the discussion we had the last week about the McDavid Strom no goal in overtime so yeah but that that uh, I mean, and, I know Oilers fans were disappointed but that's 100% the right call tonight the best part on that one though is normally when we see a ref uh, on a coach's challenge the coach's challenge, it takes three, four, five minutes. Oh, not that. Both, those refs both knew, okay, this is no goal. Let's put our headsets on just to pretend that we're looking at it again. Yeah, no goal. It was the right call. Um, it was unfortunate, but Julie eventually got one later in the game. And you saw Bernie on that one. He was thinking about calling because uh, it went off. It looked like the hand of Kajula, but I think it was a stick, and there was no challenge. He gets his goal. Unfortunately, it's one too short for the Edmonton Oilers. 4-3, the Avalanche win in overtime, 7 8 we have Phil on the line. Hey, Phil, thanks for calling. Hello? Yeah, go ahead, Phil. How are you doing, guys? Good. Good. San Jose Sharks fan. Okay. So uh, probably an oddity for me calling in, but uh, Avalanche 1-for-1 one one on the power play. Oilers 0-for-3. Yeah. Uh, Colorado technically had their backup in Bernier in tonight. Barmolov is their starter, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, well, Bernier played most of their winning streak, though. He's been good. I, I understand, but uh, on paper, though, Barmolov is number one, right? He should be, yep. Yeah. No McKinnon, which is like, I mean, it's, you can't compare it to McDavid, but he's there McDavid, right? Absolutely. So, uh, the second goal Kajula got was... Uh, not a pretty goal, kind of on the ugly side. They count just the same. Yeah, I know. But anyways, uh, so the <clears throat> special teams not good. Uh, and it's funny how this city, two weeks ago, Pugliarvi was the flavor of the week, I call it. Last week it was Davidson when he got two goals. You know, and this week, and today it's Kajula because he got a goal. It's it's just funny how the city—they go on one game analysis of a player. No, I don't. No. Th- I don't think so at all. I think if a guy has a good game and gets a goal, he deserves credit for it. Could you let no, a very good game I, tonight? No, no, I'm not saying he, he didn't have a good game and doesn't deserve credit. It's just he's all of a sudden he's on a pedestal. Uh, where, where, all right, Phil. Thanks for calling. I'm not sure what pedestal. Yeah. I mean, you got to give credit for when a player plays well, as as we criticize when a player struggles. Let's I go mean, downstairs. Head coach Todd McClellan for GCL Diesel for genuine diesels parts at great prices. Visit GCL in the West End or online at GCLDiesel.com. Yeah, I think it did. It, um, you know, it's certainly not an excuse. We got to find a way to get it going a little quicker. But I do believe we got better as the night went on. Um, you know, obviously the third one was. Uh, a big hit to us, uh, miscommunication, goalie D, not something we normally do, and and it's in our net, so that set us back. But the group dug in in the in the third and found a way to claw back uh, and get a point. Um, obviously, we needed two, but 
I thought we got better as the night went on, and that, that can happen. They had played one game already, so they got a bit of the cobwebs out. But um, we'll try and get our, our legs going again tomorrow and, and be better uh, for Tampa. That sequence there at the end of the second where you guys thought you had one and then they came back and scored the shorty, that, that, was, that was tough on, on your group. What was yeah, your well, that, that, that's what I was talking about. That was a, uh, you know, a real kick in the behind for us. Uh, you have what you think is a game-tying goal. You go in the power play, we win the draw, we don't do a good job of boxing out to get to a loose puck and then we miscommunicate. Uh, you know, in that, in that situation with Al being fairly new to the team, we usually set the puck and come back and get it. And um, Between him and Clough, there was miscommunication, and obviously uh, it ended up being a goal against. But that took a lot of momentum and life out of us. Uh, certainly the break helped, and then I thought we, we got back at it in the, in the third. The play in uh, overtime, the goal there, what did you see from the guys out on the ice? And uh, maybe Kajula in particular, he sort of felt he should have got it in deep there on that play. Well, you know, he, that's the natural reaction for the player, but um, we encourage our players to take the puck out. And what, what he's talking about is at the opposition's blue line. He's trying to make a play to keep, keep everything alive. You know what, let's just take the puck out and reset. We can take it all the way back down in our end as long as we maintain possession. And uh, we talked about that uh, almost every uh, overtime period and a lot as a team. And... You know, that's an experience sometimes, but um, you've seen us do it in the past where we hold on to that puck, we take it out, even if we have to regroup and get back on side, but at least we maintain possession. And, you know, and then after that, it scrambled around. It was in Darnell's feet. And nobody knew where the puck was. And uh, before you know it, it's in your net. What are the positive things you can talk to your team about after a game like this that was such a roller coaster? Well, the, the fact that we, you know, now we're talking about moral victories um, and, and that's not where we need to be. We need to be winning games, uh, um, you know, regularly. But the, the moral victory side of it is the fact that we were able to come back. We didn't, uh, you know, we could have felt sorry for ourselves after the third one and we didn't. I thought, as we talked about, our game got better as the night went on. Uh, we had some key players produce offensively, which is important. Uh, we got a point out of our uh, backup goaltender uh, in, a, in a tough situation. Um, that's a real positive. Uh, and we got to play a game. We haven't played many games. So that's, uh, that's a good thing for our team, try and get our momentum going and our pace up again. Twice tonight when you really needed a goal, Connor McDavid stepped up and, and got it for you. I know it's a losing effort, but can you kind of speak to his, uh, the he's kind of lifting and... Well, it's, that's our leader, and, and he... Uh, you know, he's got to provide it all over the rink offensively and defensively, and then the rest of the group has to follow. And uh, he provided us with two goals tonight. And when your leader does that, you have a chance at success. And, uh, you know, he did that. I thought, um, um, you know, a couple of guys that have had a, a bit of a tough time lately really got the momentum changed in the third, and that'd be Luch and, and Cass with some physicality. Um, you know, there was two or three shifts in a row. I actually put them out together for a shift as well, but they uh, they got running around a little bit. They got physical. Uh, it got our bench woke up. Uh, you know, got guys excited, and and they did their thing as well. All right, that's head coach Todd McClellan. His Oilers lose four three in overtime to the Avalanche. Talking about the physicality there, Lucic destroyed Anton 
Lindholm about halfway through the third period. Huge hit. It was a huge hit. Well, there was there was a span of about six minutes that Todd was just talking about where the Oilers got physical. Cassian had three on one shift. One, I thought, ooh, that might have been a hit from behind, but three huge hits. Then Lucic comes out a, a shift or two later. He gets a couple of big hits as well, and it turned the, the tide in the game. I mean, the, the Oilers were built to be big. That's what Peter Shirelli talked about when he came here. They went out and got a bunch of big players. And when you're a, a big team and you're playing against a small, skilled team, you better be physical because that's your advantage. And for the first half of the game, the Oilers weren't. But then when they became physical, all of a sudden they took control of this hockey game. So uh, as, long as, as long as when you're physical, you stay within the rules so you're not putting yourself short in it, especially when you're 54% or whatever it is, penalty killing right. on home ice, then, then you got a chance to, to win hockey games. So I thought the Oilers became a better hockey club in the third period when they became a physical hockey club in the third period. That's our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. And I think one of the things for the Oilers, one of the problems, Rob, is they often wait too long to get that going. They need to initiate that early. Well, they do. A lot of nights. Well, it's called setting the tone. Um, If you're a, a team that is very fast, Early in a hockey game, you get pucks in deep and you use your speed. If you're a team that uh, is very big or physical, then in your first shift, like I played on a lot of teams where they put their three most physical players out to start a game. And it's setting the tone for the game. And for the Oilers, and we've seen this over the last couple of years, they wait to see how the game goes before they start. So they react to the game yeah. instead of uh, to create what they need to do. And the Oilers don't set the tone. They wait till they're down a goal or two. And then you're like, oh my, they're world beaters. How could they not play this for all 60? So uh, it was a little too late for them. And this is a game, they get one point, but when you're playing against a team you're trying to catch, oh. you've got to win in regulation. Well, two games in a row they've yep. waited. Way too long. Well, so you fall behind two nothing both games. It's not just two games this year. That's the problem for the others. Well, it's, true. It's too many. Just games. looking at the last, yes, the last two where they got back to get it into overtime. They beat the Flames in a shootout. Lose four three in overtime tonight to the Avalanche. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll welcome John to the show. John, thank you very much for calling. Hey boys, thanks for uh, taking the call. Yep. I'll uh, I'll have to agree a little bit with the first caller with Camilleri up on the first line. Uh, no, I like him up there, but uh, my main reason for the call was uh, our pass-first mentality is driving me absolutely bananas. If we're scoring and getting those chances all the time and scoring on them, then fine. But when Drysaddle was driving the puck in in the third period with uh, three and change left, I don't know how he doesn't shoot that puck. Well, I mean, that, that's Drysaddle's game. Uh, he's a guy that he's a playmaker. The thing with very skilled players and Dreisaitl and McDavid and, I mean, I'm watching a game right now that has Patrick Kane, uh, the Sedins, they all believe they can make plays. And no matter, from up here, you're like, there's no way you can make that play. Their thought is, yeah, we can do that. I can get that through that little teeny hole. And that's the way they play. And I understand when you're sitting, but again, and I'll say this from when you're sitting in the stands and when you're sitting in in the press box, you're sitting up high, you see the openings. Uh, you know where a guy should go, where he shouldn't go. When you're on the ice, everything is much faster, and you don't see that I've got that shot available. Now, I agree, players should shoot more. I mean, everyone talks about Connor McDavid needs to shoot more. He leads the team every year in shooting, in, in shots. So, um, Dreisaitl will always pass first. He always will. Connor McDavid will always pass first. No matter if you told him before every game, you need to shoot, he's going to pass first because that's the way they're made. Yeah, yeah we've heard that a lot this year, though, John, for sure. 
frustrating. All right, boys. Thanks for the call. Okay. Yeah, thank you very much for calling in for sure. All right, Graydon and Brian up next on the open line. You'll hear from Al Montoya, who takes the overtime loss in his first start as an Edmonton Oiler. 4-3, the Avalanche win. Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. The Oilers rally, but lose in overtime. They trailed 3-1 going to the third. They tie it with 28 seconds left. Connor McDavid, second of the game. JT Comfer gets the deciding goal in the extra session for the Avalanche. 4-3, Colorado is your final, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. It's 10-27. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. No Japanese Village goal light. Whenever the Oilers get five or more in a game, we will turn it on on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer. Japanese Village, three locations, downtown, south side, north side. Okay, 780-496-0063. We'll welcome Graydon to the show. Hello, Graydon. Hey, how's it going? Doing quite well. Good. So I know our penalty sucks and our penalty kill sucks and generally special teams suck overall. So my question to you guys is what needs to change in order for us to actually win games? Well, that's a great question. I'm going to defer to Rob. <laughs> well, the, the specialty teams have to be better. They they do. I mean, here's a here's a game where the Oilers lose by a goal, and it goes into overtime. They score a power play goal. This game doesn't go to overtime, or they they, they get the extra point uh, if they kill a penalty tonight. If if they the, if they shut out Colorado on their one chance, they win this game in regulation. If they don't give up a shorthanded goal, yeah, I think. I mean, I think on the power play, do do we still go back to that they got to get the puck in the goalie's pads a little more? They got to shoot more, and they're trying to. And I, I, I know that we've had a lot of callers. I would have Puliyarvi. Now I'd give him the opportunity on the first unit, uh, and then Might you as have, well. you may as well. They they've got to shoot more. They need and they need to come from whoever's if it's McDavid or Drysdale, whoever's up high there has got to shoot the puck. Because when the Oilers are on the power play, when McDavid has the puck. They're sagging. They're not respecting him to shoot because they've watched the, the Oilers' video. They've watched power play over and over again. He doesn't shoot the puck there. He wants to make the play. He's got to shoot occasionally to pull the defender out, and that'll open up things down low. When it goes up to the top, and we're seeing a little bit more as of late, Clef bomb up, he had seven shots tonight. He's shooting more from the top. They need to do that because that pulls again, pulls the defenders out, which opens the seat, the cross-seam pass. And then the other side, we've seen... Uh, at times, dry settle over there. At times, McDavid, it's got to be a right-handed shot, and it's a right-handed shot that's willing to take a one-timer. Someone, when that puck comes across, he's going to whack it right away because as soon as you stop it, then all of a sudden the defenders get in the shooting lanes. You have to one-time the shot, and that's a Pugliarvi. I don't know if we've seen enough out of Strom if he's got a one-timer. Uh, Pugliarvi, to me, is the only guy that is a right-handed shot on this team that has one. So I think it might be time to throw him on your first unit. And the other thing they need to do is the second unit, they really don't have a puck handler. And there's usually every power well, play. Nuge yeah, there. Nuge, so he's not, he's not in. But tonight they had Pugliarvi, they had uh, Camilleri, the two big guys, Lucic and, and Maroon. And, 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 and none Nurse of them are, was the defenseman. Yeah, yeah, none of them's a guy that's going to make the play. You need a brain on your power play. Someone I guess it would be Camilleri, but... But he's more of a shoot. He's, he's a shooter. Of, yeah. So uh, that your brain's got to be a passer, someone that's going to make plays, and uh, having R and H out of the lineup certainly hurts you on that. 
Yeah, another tough night on special teams for the Oilers. They salvage a point but lose 4-3 to the Avalanche. We're going to finish the play with Brian when we get back. Quick update on the news and the weather. A lot going on today. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630 chair. So the Colorado Avalanche, all of last season, all of last season had a whopping 48 points. They now have 60, and they still have 31 games left. It was interesting, Rob, as they beat the Oilers 4-3 in overtime. I mean, uh, actually, the Oilers trailed the Avalanche 2-0 a couple times last year and then won those games going away because Colorado was having a bad season. Jared Bednar is and was the head coach. He came in late when Patrick Waugh surprisingly uh, quit in the summer of 2016. And a lot of people in the hockey world thought one of the big automatics from last offseason would be goodbye Jared Bednar. He's back. I don't think he'll win Coach of the Year. He'll probably get some votes. I don't know if he'll be in the final three. He might get some votes, well, if, especially if Colorado sneaks. Gallant's going to win. Gallant's going to win, yes. Bednar might get some votes. And, and he should. It, what a turnaround this has been for Colorado. And you throw in the fact that distraction they had at the beginning of the year. Duchesne, I guess... Uh, he, they have two all. They had two all-world players, McKinnon and Duchesne, and they were supposed to be the bedrock of this franchise for for a number of years. Then Duchesne, uh, the distraction of going to get traded. Doesn't was he going to come to training camp or not? And when he's there, uh, the the effort level probably wasn't where it needed to be, and they trade him. And they didn't get when they trade him. They didn't get something coming back like this big splashy player. That's so they more or less they got future. So now you're thinking, okay, well, Gerard's pretty good. He is pretty good, but he's yeah. still a guy that's still for the younger. future. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. for the future. So you're thinking you just traded away one of your top two players. You got just young young back, or you got you got draft picks back. You're thinking, dude, it's going to be another really bad season. And this team has kind of rallied around that. And, and McKinnon's having, until he got hurt, was having the year that everyone expected he was going to have when he was first drafted. And these young players are playing much better. And another player that you and I just... Uh, talked about off-air a little while ago is the kid that got traded in the O'Reilly trade, that number 16, Nikita Zadorov. Oh, yeah. Zadorov, is that how you say it? Second star tonight. Zadorov, yeah. yeah. He, he, he was fantastic. Yeah. First time, very good. First time I, I, I've ever seen Connor McDavid caught on a breakaway. I mean, he actually had a step on this kid, and the kid gets a stick around and knocks the puck into the corner. Uh, so they've got these young players that are playing probably ahead of schedule. they got a coach that... Um, for who wasn't no one thought would be here, and, and he's got them playing as, as a unit, and they're they're knocking on the playoff door. And I don't think there's anyone that was predicting before the season. I don't think Colorado was even in the mix of being remotely close to a playoff spot. But the way you see tonight, it's a bunch of no-name guys that go out there. Uh, they they've got speed. They got a good work ethic, and they got a couple of studs on defense. And in Johnson, who played almost 28 minutes tonight, and they got a very good player in Barry, who's very good at putting the bringing the puck from his end and getting into the offensive zone to set up plays. Let's hear from Jared Bednar for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, bankruptcies and consumer proposals, licensed insolvency trustees. Coach, what does this win mean for your team? Well, it's a big win. I mean, you come into a tough building, and you know we. We had a good effort from our guys. I liked the way we played our first, and you know we had a really good second. And 
you know, built the lead and they, they had a real good, they had a strong push in the third period, but I thought we did a nice job and they get one at the end of the game, uh, empty net, you know, they get a puck down around the net and it finds the open man and uh, David puts it in there, but for the most part, I liked what a lot of our guys did tonight, good competitiveness, um, you know, just guys chipping in all over the place. Special teams on the road haven't been good. They were great tonight. Penalty kill got a shorthand to goal. Power play got a goal. So th- that ends up being the difference for us in the hockey game. You gotta love the character of the team in terms of you allow that goal in the dying seconds if you're able to kind of recharge and recuperate and get that extra point. Yeah, I mean, the, the extra point's big. I mean, we get it and we gave one up the other night in Van, and, um, you know, we had. Got away. Uh, Zadaroff tracks down McDavid there on the one where he almost catches a break. Does a nice job. We wanted to make sure that we were still defending and uh, doing the right things defensively in, in, in overtime and then be patient with the puck. And I thought Barry made a real nice play on that goal. He was patient. He looked some guys off. He gets them to the net. We get it. We get a rebound. And, and those were the guys that got scored on the other night in, in band. So to get a little redemption here tonight and get the extra points big. That's Jared Bednar, Avalanche head coach. They win it 4-3 over the Edmonton Oilers. He mentioned uh, Zadorov tracking down McDavid, Rob, just like uh, you did. Uh, turned into a pretty exciting game. Oilers don't quite finish it off after coming behind in the third. McDavid tied it with Montoya pulled in the final minute. Bednar's comments for BDO first call, debt solutions, bankruptcies, and consumer proposals, licensed insolvency trustees. 780-496-0063. We have Brian standing by. Brian, thanks a lot for calling. Hey, Brian. Brian, do we have you, buddy? I guess we don't. Okay. Do we have Stefan standing by, Kellen? Do we have him on the line? I'm here. Okay, Stefan, I guess it's you, buddy. All right, how's it going, guys? Yeah, good. Thanks for calling. Uh, Yeah, my question to you is, um, with the game aside, I just want to talk to you about Patrick Maroon. Sure. And... um, I know if I asked you guys on February 25th before the trade deadline, you'd probably have a better answer for me. But um, I want to know what your thoughts are on his future with the Oilers. Um, you know, can we afford to re-sign him? Do we trade him at the trade deadline? Because from what I've heard, apparently McDavid loves playing with him. Uh, apparently Maroon loves playing on the team. My only concern is, given all our contracts, can we afford him? Yeah, I I think you hit the nail on the head there. I, I to me, he, he's if he's not signed, if they don't sign him before the the deadline, he's traded. You you just can't uh, waste an asset because uh, you may lose him in the off season. So if you want to sign him, you have to do it in the next three weeks. If you can't sign him in the next three weeks, he will be traded. What? Well, yeah. So I, you think he's pretty much as good as gone? I, unless we sign him, because well, I, I don't well, know if I can see him uh, signing him. Uh, yeah, I mean, they have to sign him, or, or, you're, or, you're, or if you don't trade him, if you don't sign him, then you're in trouble, because this is a team that's not going anywhere this season, and you've got an asset that's probably going to get something back. I mean, the, the TSNs and those guys have got him down as rated as number two trade prospects. You're going to get something good for him. Now, you've got to sit and think money-wise, too, what he wants and what you can afford. And uh, I'm sure he's looking for a pretty good payday, especially after the season he had last year. Unfortunately for the Oilers, they've got some guys whose contracts are going up next year in Connor McDavid. And they got some other big contracts in Dreisaitl, in, in R&H, in Lucic. So he's got to be the right, at the right price point for the Edmonton Oilers. If I had to guess right now, 
I think he'll be traded at the deadline. Yeah, I, that, that's my most likely scenario too, Stefan. But good question, and that's that, that's something I think we'll follow for sure. Do you want to finish the play, buddy? Yeah, let's okay. go for it. All right, we want to give you an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set U Park, brought to you by Jet Set Parking. Park cheap and easy. Visit jetsetparking.com. Fierce battle along the end boards. Soccered free by Barry. And a huge hit by Lucic as he belted Lindholm with a clean check against the boards. All right. I got to come up with something here, Rob. Uh, what's Lindholm's first name? Anton oh. or... Uh, something else. Bert. <laughs> Anton or, or, or Bert? Go with Anton. Uh, yeah, I was going to eventually... I was going to go with Anton, yeah. That's correct. That was a good. I mean, Bert. I know a lot of. He's. I'm guessing he's Swedish. I don't know a lot of Berts from Sweden. Oh, There's got to be some. I don't know. I'm gonna check the phone book. Stefan, that was outstanding. That was absolutely outstanding. Well, the advantage trailer rentals out of town. That was a good question too. I mean, that's unfortunately that's kind of uh, really? a, a, as big a storyline hanging over this team now as the play. I mean. They're not going to make. Oh, the his question! I thought, I thought the question you asked him, you were no, giving my yourself question, credit for. My like, question was idiotic. I'm like, hey, really? I mean, uh, I'm not sure it was no, the best question I, you've ever asked. No, I've had better. Yes, no, I've his had, question. I've had better. Uh, yeah, I've had I mean, better, uh, as as we go forward, and I think you're going to see a lot here in the next four games. If the Oilers don't go three and one in their next four games, then we're going to start talking more and more about the trade deadline because they're playing three teams they're chasing and the best team in the NHL over this next little stretch. So they need a, a good record. They need a winning record in, in this next four-game stretch, or they're going to put themselves in a position where you have to start looking at trading players away and maximizing whatever assets you have on this team this season. On the advantage, trailer rentals out of town scoreboard. Rob, you were talking about it earlier. The Lightning outscore the Flames 7-4. Big third-period rally there. The Predators... Shut out the L.A. Kings, who looked like a lock for the playoffs. Not anymore. 5 nothing. Predators over the Kings. That's two very good hockey clubs you just talked about right there. The Tampa Bay Lightning and the Nashville Predators. Two very good hockey clubs in the National Hockey League. Stars take down the Coyotes 4-1. Vancouver wins 4-2 over Chicago. Bruins beat the Blues 3-1. Panthers double up the Sabres 4-2. Devils knock off the Flyers 4-3. Toronto shuts out the Rangers 4-0. Hurricanes shuts out. Uh, Hurricanes shut out Montreal. Two nothing. Senators win over the Ducks. Two one in overtime. Golden Knights win in overtime. Three two over Winnipeg. Maybe the overtime of the year. Oh, it was unbelievable. There was a sequence where Flurry, who was in net for Las Vegas, had the puck behind him on the goal time at three different times in this game, and and the Jets had players in there. They could not push the puck over the net, and an absolute, incredibly beautiful goal by David Perron in overtime. I watched a lot of that game, too. That Vegas stream, they're for real, and they keep getting challenged by the top teams in the league, and they keep coming out on time. Oilers lose 4-3 in overtime. Al Montoya made his first start as an oiler. His comments for GCO Diesel. For genuine diesel parts at great prices, visit GCL in the West End or online at gcldiesel.com. Just a little bit about, uh, I know you had some relief appearances, but getting that first start, how it felt. It's great to play hockey again. I mean, uh, the boys battled in here. Coming in a barn like this, I mean, it's, it's, this is why you play hockey. So uh, the, the score was tough, but you know, it was a, it was a battle and, and trying to give the team a chance. 
you get the feeling like your team was going to battle their way back into it and where you guys were playing? Someone else? Um, when you look at uh, maybe walk us through the, the overtime, just kind of your perspective. Yeah, it's just a broken play. Uh, I think it got stuck in Nursey's feet, and I just wanted uh, I kind of wanted to get after it. And, and then I saw the shooter walking in and out, blown by himself. I took an extra step, which I probably wouldn't normally do, but on a three-on-three, you got to make up that ground. Puck bounces on the guy's stick and ends up in the net. Okay, so you saw the Vernier, the goal that got called back. Uh, Did you the goal? Kind what were your thoughts on that? I, I didn't really get a look at it. No. It was his hand on the puck and his hand got pushed in the net. Yeah. Read that, Salman Toya. All right, Brendan Ulrich working the Oilers' dressing room tonight. And, uh, yeah, Montoya referenced the, the start of that overtime goal play. Nurse blocked the shot. And lost, he, lost sight could, of it. Couldn't, like, yeah. couldn't, couldn't find the puck, and the, Avs, uh, and the Avs keep it alive, and eventually Comfer fires it in. Well, it was one where nobody knew where the puck was, but Barry who had gone in, he's a defenseman, went in behind the Oilers' net. He comes out, he had the best view of it. And it, it just it's just unlucky. It's a bad break for Darnell and the Oilers. And now you're in trouble because you're kind of standing flat-footed. Barry's got some speed in attacking. He made a nice play. He's a, good, he's a very good offensive defenseman. Made a nice play on there. And then again, the rebound goes to the wrong spot. And unfortunately for the Edmonton Oilers, they lose in overtime. 4-3, the Avalanche take it. Will is our next caller. Quick timeout. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. From the Osmond Auctions broadcast. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chat. Lyle won face-off trivia to get a $50 gift card to Buffet Royale Carvery, courtesy Armor Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armor at armorinsurance.ca with the Super Bowl coming up. It was a Super Bowl-themed question. Eagles and Patriots playing this weekend. Yep. They also played in 2005. Who was the Eagles quarterback? What current oiler is he related to? And how? Donovan McNabb, Darnell Nurse, uncle. Oh, I, th- I was going to answer, and then I'm like, hey, you're giving me the answers. I actually knew that one. Well, was, that was an easy one. I was driving. Just, I did. I it did was like one. three trivia questions in one. Well, it was three easy ones yeah. in one. Yeah, well, I didn't want to make it too hard. That's true. It, well, I mean, <laughs> you're on a easy night tonight. Uh, what was it, Anton or Bert? I couldn't think of a really silly name in the heat of the moment. Well, you did. <laughs> Bert. Well, Bert's not that silly. I mean, there's Muppets named Bert. Well, one Muppet. And his, and his friend, Ernie. Ernie. Yep. Nice guys. They're very nice guys. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Let's bring Will onto the show. Hello, Will. Hey. Hi, Will. Go ahead. Yeah, we're talking about like a size and speed, right? Oh, yep. Sure. Yeah. Well, we took Maroon and Cassian. Big guys have good hands, have speed. Where are they now? Like. In our lineup, well, Maroon. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say he's speedy. No, he's not. He's he. That's the opposite of speedy. Uh, Maroon. Cassian is fast. Maroon isn't. Um, Maroon. Maroon plays quite a bit for the Oilers. What was he tonight? He played 20 minutes. He was one of the most of all forwards on the on the Edmonton Oilers. So Maroon does play, and he usually is playing either with uh, a Drysaitel, uh, a McDavid, or a Nugent Hopkins. Uh, Cassian is a fourth line guy, and that's where he's been most of the year. And he hasn't had the impact he had no, last season. No, no, he, well, well today was a game where he actually had an impact, and we haven't seen enough of that from him. But when he plays like that, you can tell how he changes the momentum of a hockey game. Uh, but there has been too many games where he's been quiet. And when you're a fourth-line guy, you got to be noticed for something. 
and he hasn't been noticed for any positives, and that's probably why his, his minutes are where they are at this year. Drake Kajula had a goal disallowed and then scored a goal in the third period. Let's go back downstairs and hear from him. Love saves there. What did he do against He's, uh, he played well, made a lot of big saves. Uh, when we had mental lapses, he was there to back us up. And, uh, you know, he brings that calm demeanor and, um, you know, allows the guys to play calm in front of him. And, um, you know, he's a big piece to, to our game today. And, um, you know, he played really well. Can you take us through that goal that was waved off and just what, what was going through your head when they were reviewing that the second time? Uh, I had a feeling it was going to be called back. Um, I pushed his glove in the net. Um, but, I mean, time and time again, you've seen uh, – funny ones like that we called a goal and um you know it, it is what it is I, I had a feeling it's gonna be called back and um you know it, it is what it is just the sequence there in overtime could you take us through uh, what happened up there i made a bad play at the blue line um turned it over and that gave them an opportunity to play offense but um and then they uh you know they just capitalized on a bouncing puck in front of the net and uh you know it's the way it goes uh should have did a better job with the blue line. Shouldn't have uh, made that pass. They just pulled out and uh, made a better play. But um, you live and you learn. And uh, you know we, we battled back at one point at least. And I uh, know it's something to build off moving forward. This is one where you guys sort of pick up steam as the game went on. Did you find that, it, that getting back into it took a little bit long, a little bit longer than you thought? Yeah, we haven't we haven't played a game in a week. So and they've already played one. And uh, you know we we battled our way back. And um, I thought we had a pretty good start to the game. And then. Uh, I don't know if it was fatigue or just uh, rust or whatever it was, but uh, we had a bit of a lull through the, the middle part of the game. But um, once the third period came around, we, we pushed and pushed and uh, right onto the bitter end there. We uh, obviously tied it up late, and um, I wish for we had a better uh, a better result. But uh, you know, there's a lot to build off of, and uh, we got one point, and um, you know, we got to keep moving forward here. Read that's uh, Drake Kajula. All right, thanks, Brendan. And yeah, I mean another slow start for Edmonton. They well, it was a scoreless first period, but uh, they had a ch- couple chances they didn't finish, and then they fall behind two nothing in the second. And Kajula harded himself. You know, he did give that pass away at the offensive blue line in overtime. McClellan was asked about it and said, you know, there's no harm in just coming back and regrouping in that situation. Well, that's that's the way it's played nowadays. You don't dump the puck in. We've talked about it many times. When you get control of the puck, it's hard to get the puck away from the other team. Uh, and there's been games that we've seen that the team that wins the opening faceoff, they win before the other team touches it. So, yeah, this it's different three on three. You don't you don't dump pucks in. You don't dump and chase. You just don't give the other team a chance to touch the pucks. It's so hard to defend it. So, uh, it, it to me that one was just a bad break because the Oilers did they played it right defensively. They got the block shot by Nurse. If he knows where the puck is, he makes a play, and all of a sudden the Oilers are coming out with, with possession. But he loses in his in his equipment, and the player that finds it is the Colorado Avalanche guy, and he was very smart with the puck. And because of that, the Oilers lose the extra point. JT Comfort gets the game winner for the Avalanche. Connor McDavid scored twice for the Oilers as they go to 22-24 and 4 on the season. 4-3, Avalanche get the win. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers Place. Next game broadcast Monday, 5.30 face-off show, 7 o'clock game start. Oilers host Tampa Bay between 1 and 3 on Saturday afternoon. I'll have updates here on 6.30 Jet from the Oilers skills competition. I have inside sports 6 to 8 tomorrow live from Claire Drake Arena. Big game between the Golden Bears and Saskatchewan Huskies. Get more on 630jet.com. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Avalanche win it 4-3 in OT. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.